Welcome to The Curriculum, a podcast by Cornerstones Education. Here we discuss all things curriculum, plus leadership issues, teaching tips and much, much more. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Curriculum, a podcast by Cornerstones Education. I'm your host, Caroline Pudner, and this week I am very excited to be joined here by Sarah Davis, who is head of the junior school at Leicester High School. Now, Leicester High School have been using the Cornerstones curriculum for over two years. I think you're in your third year now. And I'm really interested, Sarah, in finding out how your school have implemented it and what impact you've seen. So really warm welcome, Sarah. Thank Thank you. Thanks for joining me today. Now, I I know you're also here to talk to Catherine, who's our curriculum manager, and you're part of our teacher consultation group. Have you found that process useful? Being part of the consultation group has been useful for me, just managing to meet other people who are users. Sometimes when we go to any sorts of training courses, the most we get out of it are those links, those conversations that we have with other practitioners just to share good practice Mm, so it's a chance to come in and uh, just so the listeners know you're an independent school aren't you absolutely yeah so could you tell us a little bit more about Leicester High so that people who don't know your schools know a bit about it no problem at all we are an independent day girls school so that means we actually have children from the age of 3 to 18 who are with us as day girls And we're very small. We're on the south side of Leicester. We only have 370 pupils with just about 120 in my junior department. So we're really... very small. It is very small. So we're really known for that sort of personal approach that we know all the girls and that really we've got the fantastic pastoral care as well as the Mm. curriculum. Have you got a special motto at your school and, you know, values? What values do you... I think the closest thing um, that comes to that is actually on the side of our school minibus and it says giving girls education, confidence and opportunity. Mm. And I think those three elements pervade everything we do in the school. We've got the curriculum side with the education... And we've got the confidence with the the pupil of self-esteem as well as the confidence to go out into the wider world later on. Mm. And then the opportunities which every pupil needs when they're whatever their age. Yeah. And I I mean, at primary level, it's real foundation stones, aren't they, for all those things. And you just mentioned there the educational side and obviously taking on cornerstones. I'm interested in why you chose cornerstones originally and uh, what we well, even before that, actually, Sarah, what were you (laughs) looking for for your particular school? Because it's a very unique school. Absolutely. When we first started looking around for Cornerstones, I actually wasn't in the role of head of the June department at the time. I was the assistant head. Oh, right. And we were in that lovely gap where all of a sudden the, the curriculum went and that the, it was life without levels. Mm. And we were looking for something just to assist us with our decisions, but something that felt reflected our ethos as a school and the way that we taught. So we bought that in as a sort of supplement not really intending at that time to make Mm. it everything that we did and then over the last that was our first year second year we started to utilize it more as part of our our curriculum yeah but totally went down what we see now as the wrong way of using it we weren't embedding it enough we were just taking some of the activities from the the fantastic sort of ILPs there but not making the core of what we did. And this is where the journey began. <laughs> yeah, so it's almost like you, you, you were talking to me earlier, it's almost like you had 
No, I don't know about a full start, but you kind of <laughs> dipped into it, didn't you? And then you had a kind of a moment where you realised you really wanted to properly embed it. Tell us what happened there and what you decided to do then. Absolutely. Well, we started on basically planning a two-year rolling programme, mm. trying to use just three topics in a year. And it was so complicated trying to fit everything in mm. and managing to, to map out this curriculum. And we were getting very frustrated because myself and my assistant head just felt that it wasn't going the right way. I kind of quite often joked, never go out for a coffee with my assistant head because we sat there and went, oh, this isn't working, this is working, what are we going to do? And this developed to a conversation about what is the purpose of our school? What do we do at our school? What should our school be doing? Mm. And then once we'd had that conversation, which took an awful lot of navel-gazing and deciding mm. what were the fantastic elements that we loved about our school but felt we weren't fulfilling for a modern day sort of audience. We just went ahead and started thinking then how we can go on this process. We started our curriculum redesign process from there. By chance, your lovely podcast came along at the same time, which also legitimised our thought processes. Oh, was this the six steps? Yeah, well, not quite almost, but the very, very early on ones, literally your first ones that came out before it came out as the six steps. Yeah. Talking about what is the purpose of a curriculum, Mm. having that intent behind it, making it sure it's cohesive. And that made us, made our conversation more meaningful. Um, So I went along to Peterborough where one of your curriculum advisors, Nicola, was running a curriculum planning seminar. Myself and my assistant head went to that and we had, as we call it, our road to Damascus moment, which was actually the road from, Le- from Peterborough back to Leicester in a torrential rainstorm. <laughs> it wasn't glamorous. But we sat there and went, should we do this? This is bigger than just dabbling around the edges. Yeah. We need to do this properly. We need to really look at every single thing that we do as mm. a school. So we embarked on a very ambitious programme from April to actually implement the curriculum in September, which was very, very brave and some might say rather stupid to do at the time. But we decided if we're going to do this, we have to do it fully. We have to do it right. I think, though, you, you say it was a kind of it was brave, but actually you had done the groundwork when you said you went for a coffee. Yes. That is actually deciding on your intent and your rationale and your principles, which is everything mm. that's talked about curriculum now. You actually have gone through that yeah. process. So, yes, April to September seems short, but I was going to ask Absolutely. you, actually, did you get, obviously, Nicola's there to support. What kind of impact did that have? Who did the implementation? <laughs> was it you Was it you and your assistant Absolutely, head? the two of us together, and I totally agree with you, mm. because we'd had so many in-depth conversations yeah. We almost didn't have the framework that you have talking about it within the six steps of curriculum design, but we'd actually started on that program between us oh, by right. looking at exactly at what we felt a girl at Leicester High School yeah. needed to be like. Yeah. And we actually, our way through this was by introducing a fake pupil. We had a pupil by the name of Blodwin, Excellent. which we imagine joining our school at the age of three. And we actually have a Blodwin book in which any member of staff could write ideas, what they felt this pupil should receive as part of their curriculum. I think that's great. It was wonderful. It's it's anonymous, but it is actually very effective because you're remembering why you're doing this. It is right. So I know you can't, (laughs) I know the listeners can't see this, but Sarah's just revealed the Blodwin. The Blodwin book. 
What should Blodwin expect to receive at Leicester High School? Absolutely, and it gave us an opportunity for every single mm. person on the school staff to have their input and or equally as well, I was talking to a lot of parents, talking mm. to a lot of girls about what they liked in school, what they felt maybe were right. things we weren't quite addressing at the time. Which is brilliant because, again, we mentioned this in the six steps. This is about talking to your stakeholders. And yes. it's a horrible word, stakeholders. It is. <laughs> but we know what it means. Anyone who, who's part of your community, mm. and that includes the children. So, yeah. yeah. That's and, and all this information then sh shaped our new curriculum. Right. We literally were able to start there with a big grid with all of our, our year groups on there. And yeah. Think, when is an appropriate time to plan to deliver this? Not just the national curriculum elements, which technically we don't have to cover, mm. but we still feel we would have to be able to okay. cover and improve. But we also need to go beyond there and add in what we could call our Leicester High curriculum elements, mm. things that we would offer in addition to the national curriculum. And then, because you know the six steps, that's in our mm. pupil entitlement, the pupil offer. What would you say were the benefits for independent mm. schools that are maybe a bit different from, say, state school taking it on. Uh, in terms of curriculums in independent schools, because mm. there are different types, but obviously <laughs> it's very free. You know, it is. There must be quite a variety of curricula. Absolutely. Out there. And I think having the ability to have a curriculum that provides some structure there is incredibly valuable to us. It saves an awful lot of time in any case. Mm. Is there a typical independent school? curriculum no definitely not no. I think the demands of for the end product of every independent school are so <laughs> varied that there isn't a typical one out there so this is where the Cornerstones curriculum particularly helped us along the way having something that was structured there and also forcing us to question and justify why everything had its place there I felt that was very important not to have something in my school that was there just as a result of tradition it had to have its place in this millennium rather than last. Mm. And I, I know a few state schools, but some independent schools who maybe might have the tendency to stay with a curriculum mm. that they've had for a long time because it, quote, works. Or oh, it's traditional. Yeah. Things are traditional, just part of the school culture. Yeah. I really want to take a fresh look at everything and be able to justify its presence. Mm. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah. What stage are you at now then with, with the projects and implementation? Well, we went with it. We wanted to start this in September 2018. Okay. So we were launching this as what we called a fresh approach. Yeah. There was so much good about our school already that we just wanted to dust down, particularly like myself having been at the school for many years. Mm. I felt once I became head, mm. things couldn't remain in our, our school experience just because they'd always been there. There yes. was no legitimacy there. I had to be able to say to any parent, any pupil, anybody why that deserved its place in our school life. Absolutely. This is the rationale. Being able to Absolutely. articulate why you do something mm. is very important. And, yeah, so you've had it since September 18 now in its full yes. form. Absolutely. What do the children say? What do the teachers say? What impact have you seen? Wow. It, well, it's really given us a, a real tool to structure our curriculum. And I think the, th the biggest difference... I'm lucky I've got a fantastic team of teachers, fantastic pupils and school to work in here. And But this curriculum has given us a more, more planned structure that we can see right. between us. And it also enables us to have a really common approach right from our three-year-olds because through the whole of this process we decided to expand and buy in the early years curriculum mm. as well and other elements like the love to celebrate. So 
we've really broadened our use of, of the Cornerstones curriculum, but we've got that common way of delivering. Yeah, that pedagogy yes. is there. I know, and I think that as schools I speak to, they like that because the children get kind of used to it. Absolutely. Although every project is completely different, mm. it's that approach to learning. Have you felt that that's Very much. given continuity? Absolutely. I think where we're seeing it a lot is even down to little touches, like every class has a display board outside their classroom. Mm with the curriculum journey on it with photographs samples of work so other girls can see what's going on and and sort of yeah. have the same sort of conversation on right. what what stage of the learning they're on actually sarah while i'm talking to you i'm thinking would you be able to share any photos of the, the school or the displays so that absolutely, we absolutely that's brilliant so in uh, for the listeners if you're interested in seeing the displays and the work that you've done then i'll try and get hold of some and we'll share that absolutely if you know, with the problem. podcast or on twitter so thanks sarah so yeah have you seen any impact already in the learning and the engagement of the children I think having that cohesive approach making sure we're sort of following that same stage all the way through I think the difference it has is that the girls in our school are much more sort of talking about their learning talking about the Mm. stage of their learning particularly as we get towards the end of the topic the innovate and express stage yeah the parents talking about it more being more involved understanding Mm. how we are teaching and they're having the opportunities to be able to come into the classroom and see what and being part of it really see what's going on oh that's lovely to hear that parental engagement Mm. yeah we found that children do talk a lot at home and do home learning off their own backs I don't know what's your homework policy at at school (laughs) do they do you sort of offer them homework or absolutely yes I think most probably we quite quite a lot more homework most probably than the average Mm. school but it really is, hopefully will have more of a purpose linked into the yeah. topic and they can a parent can see where it fits in a little bit more as well, okay. which is good for us. I think our curriculum's always been quite a creative, flexible approach, yeah. which in a way we haven't seen that change that maybe some other schools would do, but what we're doing is talking about it more. Mm. We've got a very common approach that is shared between everybody Wonderful. as a language. Oh, that's lovely to hear. And then I'm, I'm also interested, obviously, in the teachers. And teacher <laughs> workload is a massive issue at the moment. Mm. And I'm not sure what your situation is at Leicester High. But what's your opinion on teacher workload, in particularly for your school? Has it has the Cornerstones curriculum helped in any way with that? Because that's, that's almost our reason <laughs> d'etre for creating these materials, is to free up time. Absolutely. And that's what the we time hope. should be there for the teachers to do a good job in yeah. the classroom and have the freedom to deliver and plan great lessons rather than paperwork. If a teacher was trying to plan a new topic for every half term, it's an immense amount of work Mm. that's involved there, particularly as well if they're trying to work out what a child has covered before and it isn't part of a larger big design. Mm. So having this curriculum place has really meant that there is a lot of planning there already for them to pick up. Being in our first year, clearly this first year, it is a big period of change for the staff. They have had a lot to take on this year, but without all the resources and that are there provided, it would have been a monumental job to put this into action. Yes, and for school to create a curriculum from scratch, and then you still have to get used to those projects, yes. don't you, and, and then resource them. Have the teachers used the resources? In yes, way? definitely. Yay! It's lovely to I'm see. I'm so happy to hear that, because <laughs> some teachers I talk to, they don't go on the hub mm. regularly, but we do but update. We, great. We put lots and lots of resources on um, yes. quite regularly, so it's always worth having a oh, look. Oh, no, they're in so evidence. 
lovely to hear you using them. What our teachers also like as well is that they're not so prescriptive. They're not very closed in their use. No. You can adapt them for the needs of your pupils that you have in front of oh, you. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I know. Another, and another teacher I know uses our information text for guided reading yes. as well as in the, say, the geography lesson or whatever mm. it's intended mm. for. So that's really good to hear that, Sarah. Yeah. So thank you. Now, I also, talking of resources, actually, I know you've been using our knowledge organisers, which is kind of a recent addition to our resources and fairly recent to use in primary schools. Absolutely. This is a kind of usually the remit of, of secondary. How's that going? How have you found them? Yes, we're quite in the early stages of using these because they started with year five, year six, and yeah. then just started with three and four. And so the teachers have been sharing them with the girls. Sometimes they've, we've used them for a variety of purposes, to mm. be honest. Sometimes to help them, support them with homework activities, there's knowledge there. We are very broad in our approach. You know, there's this sort of dichotomy between a skills-based curriculum and a knowledge-based curriculum. We like to be able to do both. Yeah. And having some easy, simple resources for children to be able mm. to pick up at a glance, have in their desk or in their topic book, just to refer to is really valuable to us and also to help our parents as well who maybe haven't covered these topics when they were young at school. Absolutely, that's kind of why we created them as well. We mm. imagined, you know, uh, hopefully that people would take them home uh, have a conversation, like yes. we did one about First World War at the centenary, and we just thought it'd be a nice chance to um, go home and talk it through, yes. and then come back with quite, you know, some children come back then with questions mm. or, or the, the books they've found yeah, that add extra yeah. bits of information. The staff have found them interesting yeah. to read when they first see a new topic. Just go, yeah. oh, that's good, you know. Oh, well, <laughs> I I'm didn't with, know that fact. I'll let <laughs> Catherine know then. I'm sure you will because you talk to her later. But it's, it, they put a lot of work into that, so mm. that's wonderful to hear that you're using them and in, and they're. Making an impact. Now, you mentioned parents earlier. You, at an independent school, mm -hmm. as many of our listeners will probably know if you know about independent schools or maybe you work in one, the needs and the expectations of parents are really crucial, aren't mm -hmm. they? So at Leicester High, what are the kind of concerns or expectations that mm. you find uh, of the parents of the girls there? I think, like you say, it's, it's varied. Yeah. You know, families are saying, but I would say, most of our parents, they're working families. Generally, an awful lot of our families' parents are working in the universities and the hospitals in Leicester City or other businesses around the place. Our parents really are looking for a very high-quality education. And an awful lot of our parents are not looking for a very narrow curriculum. They want oh. that core excellence, yeah. but they want a real variety of experiences for their children to, to, to have at school as well and enjoy yeah. and enrich their lives. At primary level, it's setting the foundation stones. And uh, again, when I was talking to Ofsted, it's actually the wider your curriculum, the more opportunities you give children to find new talents or to find new yes. interests and to, like you mentioned earlier about the express stage mm. and you saying they're talking about their learning. All of those are life skills, aren't mm. they? And um, I think those opportunities, can do that. They, they are so vital at the primary stage mm. and one of the things that drove us when we were planning the curriculum was to try and make sure that our pretend pupil Blodwin had these opportunities and just because there may be an independent school don't assume that a child has these opportunities these experiences yeah it's education is such a good leveler for everybody yeah. you can make sure that every child can go to a theater can play a musical instrument mm. can do all sorts of things can build things construct things mm. We don't want to limit their ideas. We want them to be able to experience such a breadth 
that they start to find where their interests lie and that's partly our responsibility I think in the primary sector yeah I I agree with that sentiment completely Mm. and I think no matter what your school size the diverse demographic That is a, a common aim and vision for any anyone in education, but it is very particular in primary. I think it's mm. such such early days and such a significant time in a child's life, Absolutely. isn't it? Um, so, Sarah, looking forward now to the future, what are you, you and your school looking forward to? What's your next? What's your vision for the next mm. year ahead? Well, because we're quite early with this wholehearted restructuring of what we're doing, what we called the fresh approach. This year, it's very much seeing it in action. Is it delivering the way we expected it to? And mm. so far, fingers crossed, it's going beautifully with, the, with all of our plans. Um, then it's going to be really interesting to have that element of evaluation. Yeah. Is it delivering 100% what we're looking for? Can we do it better? Can we improve what we're offering to the girls? Every year was always going to be planned differently anyway because we've always allowed ourselves what we call a wild card topic. So allowed ourselves future flexibility mm. in there going forwards. It'd be interesting talking to our parents and our pupils at the end of the year yeah. to see what their feedback is Definitely, and acting yeah. upon that. And equally looking as well as the results from the girls. What do we see? Is this translating in terms of better curriculum attainment in English and maths and all the things that we like to be... Well, and we have to measure as well along the way. Mm, mm, of course. And, I mean, mm. you, you're aware, aren't you, of how we're evolving here at Cornerstone. So soon we'll have new projects. Yes. Um, so you'll be able to have Excited more wild cards. <laughs> but also these, the, these new projects have been created so that they cover knowledge and skills in say geography and more subject based so that's exciting we're also moving online as well Mm. so we've got some I'm sure Catherine will fill you in and Simon our director is going to talk to you about that so that'll reduce workload even further that's the aim of that is you'll be able to sort of get all your curriculum online and then you can tweak it and I think you know what you were saying is in very important part it's that third eye it's the impact Mm. and schools that we've had for many years using our curriculum um, make changes you make adaptations you make uh, it's meant to be flexible absolutely and you shape responsive doesn't it yeah totally and uh, so yeah I'm I'm so happy that you came in to (laughs) talk to me and (laughs) all the very all the very best with your school Sarah and I hope you have a good day with Catherine and Sarah, if schools who are listening, uh, people listening want to follow your school, see what you're up to, what's your handle on Twitter and uh, social media? Our junior Twitter page is LHS Juniors One. Okay. And we also have other school sites as well. Yeah. That's my junior one. Okie doke. And we'll put that on the end of the podcast notes <laughs> as always in the podcast description. So thank you very much again, Sarah. And thank you, you, the listener, for tuning in today for this week's podcast. And uh, we've got some great podcasts lined up, as always, in the future. Thanks again for listening. And it's goodbye from us. Mm-hmm.